You are listening to Meet the Thriller Author, the podcast where I interview writers of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense books. I am your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 157. In this episode of the podcast, we'll be meeting Lorraine Evanoff, who is a former Hollywood finance executive that uses classic mystery storytelling in her best-selling Louise Moscow financial thrillers. I had a great chat with Lorraine about her work in finance in the film industry and about writing the Louise Moscow novels. Her latest, Pinot Noir, is a thriller inspired by the real-life banking scandals, and it's available now. Before we get to the interview, please rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcasting app. And if you haven't subscribed to it yet, uh, please take a moment to do so. And if you're a writer, you might find it interesting to check out thrillingreads.com forward slash tools, which is where you'll find the tools that I use and recommend for uh, writing, plotting, uh, getting focused, and all that good stuff. These are the tools that I use every day, so I have no qualms recommending them. If you order from that page, uh, you'll be supporting the podcast. Uh, so I really appreciate that. That is thrillingreads.com forward slash tools to check that out. All right, here is my interview with Lorraine Evanoff. Uh, hey, everybody, this is Alan with Meet the Thriller Author. And on the uh, podcast today, I'm interviewing Lorraine Evanoff who is an award-winning author, uh, a former Hollywood finance executive who now writes suspenseful thrillers. And her best-selling Louise Moscow novels include Foliage and Pinot Noir. Uh, they're high-concept noir thrillers inspired by real-life banking scandals. I'm excited to talk to Lorraine about all that. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about your background. It's so interesting. So you were like a finance person, and now you're writing suspenseful uh, mysteries? Yes. I... Um... I guess I attribute my career changes to, I don't know, left-handed Gemini or something. I, <laughs> every 10 years, I seem to have to want to try something new. So, but it all, they all interlink though. So when I decided to write novels, I knew finance and um, I knew Europe and France. And so I kind of did these financial thrillers that based on real historic events. So, um, you know, banking scandals, basically. And uh, so, you know, just to kind of explain a little bit how I ended up being a novelist, I, I also write screenplays. And uh, my husband, who's a film producer, a pretty big film producer, he said, you know, your writing style is more suited for novels. And I think it's because I, you know, give so much detail or that made sense to me. And so I did that. And then ironically, now I have a screenplay in <laughs> you know, development. <laughs> it's not related to Louise Moscow either, but it is a real story, you know? So I do love historic and I do love true stories, true crime. And you know, is, it a, is it a big difference running like a, a novel versus a, a, like, was it a screenplay? Is that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Screenplays to me are so tricky because there's less room for um, creativity or whatever the word is. You know, it's it, people are so rigid in Hollywood when they read a screenplay. There's always so many opinions. So, but novels, they can kind of be more, they can give you, there's just so much more room to breathe in a novel. So, but screenplays, yeah, that's why you do tend to see like formulaic movies. Mm -hmm. um, because once you get that, I, you know, that formula down and it works, you're going to just keep doing that. But um, story is story. So, 
as long as it's a great story. And as my husband says, the yellow brick road, you know, follow the story and keep moving forward. You know, that, that pertains to all, all writing. I yeah. Guess. That's that book. Uh, what was that? Save the cat. I read that one. It's, it's pretty oh. good advice, but it's very like, uh, like you said, very formulaic. <laughs> oh, really? I gotta look that up. Is did you say save the cat? Yeah, save the cat. I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, oh, I gotta look it up. Yeah, it's it it comes highly recommended, and then now they have one save the cat for writing books too. So, oh, it's like, so it's pretty interesting. Yeah, so it's a yellow brick road. You're like you gotta save the cat. I assume. Yep, exactly. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, 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 yeah, you can have a whole bunch of dead people in your books, but no animals. <laughs> oh, exactly. I swear, I still don't haven't watched that movie. Marnie or whatever it was. With oh, yeah. I mean, you know, the same way. dog's yeah. not going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. My, girlfriend, did, uh, yeah sorry, my girlfriend, who's a novelist, you know how on, uh, I, you write, you're right. You're a novelist too, which right. is not mm-hmm. one of yours, but I haven't, sorry, I, I have this whole list that I'm working through. But, you know, um, on uh, some of those Facebook groups, she's like, should I kill the dog or not? I'm like, no, everybody was like, no, do not kill the dog. <laughs> yeah, no, I had a friend who found out the hard way that she killed a, a, a oh, thriller, okay. a, a dog and the, the, the reviews on Amazon, uh, like oh. a whole bunch of one stars. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, I was, so when I was checking out your, your background for, uh, for this interview, I was, I was so fascinated with, fascinating with your, uh, because I, I, my wife's an accountant, so I've always been oh curious. Yeah, she, yeah, she's a CPA. Oh. And so whenever I see movies, and I'm one of those nerds who likes to read the credits, I always saw a accountant or whatever on there. I'm like, yes. oh. So that was Absolutely. what you did, right? Yeah, I'm a film controller. Uh, a lot of times they, the, the film credit is controller, which is like the highest level accountant, meaning basically when you, when you make a movie, um, uh, usually the film company creates these single purpose entities. So every film is its own company and then you consolidate them into the film company. So you're, you're basically on that level. I I've been mostly on that level the film control, the, you know, accounting controller, which is another accounting term or position like director of finance or C C P I'm sorry, uh, CFO control, uh, uh, chief financial officer it's like another title controller and usually on a bigger corporate level so anyway you consolidate those financial statements into the main company so that's where i would fit in but um sometimes i do the actual hands-on accounting of the film which is its own world you know the software for a film accounting is its own thing and it's a ia you know iatsi the film union for Mm. um crew basically there is one for accounting and (laughs) it's a whole you know very interesting accounting system has she has your wife been interested in doing film accounting no no, she's she works for one of the uh for uh was it big four big five now i can't remember oh wow yeah now they're down to i think two or three (laughs) yeah so yeah so she's been on on the public accounting side nice good for her but i yeah, I mean, I always wanted to state if you're going to do accounting, which I think is a great career move because you always have work and because it's, you know, fun to make things add up. I think I think it's fascinating, but I, I like to be in a world that's a little more gut 
some creativity. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Ironically, now I write about banking. (laughs) So like I avoid working for banking, but, you know, be in film or I I worked for in Silicon Valley for a long time, which I thought was interesting. Uh, So, you know, doing pre IPO accounting for a lot of those startups during Mm -hmm. the 90s and the late 90s and stuff. That was a really fun time. So I imagine she deals with some of that up there in San Francisco. Right, right. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so were, you, were you here for the for the bubble? <laughs> I was. It was a blast. It was a huge. It was better than I didn't do the traditional college where you, you know you were like partying frat house type college. I just kind of put myself through college and got it over with. Um, but the Silicon Valley days of the dot com era were like my frat party time. Oh my gosh. It was a really great time. And then it literally burst almost overnight and everybody just kind of flew back to their hometowns and, you know, we picked up, <laughs> we moved on. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Kind of like now with the whole pandemic, the same thing, like a lot of the people oh, just left the city because, you know, the, now you have yeah. working from home. So it's so expensive mm-hmm. here. Everyone just left. <laughs> Yes, they're like we can work anywhere now. It's no. so it changed LA too. It's those are some of the really great benefits of this, mm-hmm. where you know the traffic. Finally, I've been saying for years that it should be a law that companies allow people to work from home once a week. That would change traffic everywhere. And then here we are. <laughs> they finally are. You know. We're yeah, it looks, home. It's it looks like they're it looks like they're incorporating that. Like a lot of companies are saying, yeah. you know, maybe when it goes back to normal, two yeah. or three days a week or something. Yeah, why not? Yeah. So tell me about hmm? you know, accountants can work anywhere, really. Oh yeah, and same thing <laughs> like here in the Silicon Valley too, in San Francisco Bay Area with the te- yes. all the tech people, you can they yeah. can work anywhere. And so tell me about the so I'm so curious about the Louis uh, Moscow because so so she's an investment banker. So can you tell us a little bit about the character and the and those books? Oh yeah. Um so she's you know a brainiac who's constantly wanting to make connections. It's just the way her mind works. And uh so she's started out in the first novel where um she ends up getting this gig at the you're too young to remember this but um bcci the um banque critique commerciale internationale whatever in paris well the branch in paris was kind of the main branch in the um 80s and 90s and then um it it was an international uh third world bank but it became a big bank and so anyway so louise gets a job there and she was an investment banker in at jp morgan in new york or whatever and so she ended up getting recruited to this branch in paris and that's how i positioned her and so then the bank ends up and this is a true story the the bank ends up being you know just basically a massive ponzi scheme and she you know and including black networks, you know, thuggery and murder and things like that. And that's all true story stuff. So, you know, you have to have a a female, this, you know, sleuth, basically, she becomes, you know, kind of investigator on behalf of uh, the FBI and the CIA and uh, had to kind of, she was already positioned to be in informant for the CIA within the company. And so she basically 
goes from there to finally implicating evidence and is really brilliant. She can do everything from finance to algorithms, you know, software type things. And um, I don't want to give away too much. (laughs) Yeah, no spoilers. (laughs) Yeah, no spoilers. And is it set in the 80s? First novel ends with the Berlin Wall coming down. So what is it? 90, 89, 90? Yeah, early 90s. So they seem to be going every 10 years. So then 10 years later is this other banking scandal or a murder um, based on Edmund Safra. And uh, that's a real life murder of, um, you know, this Monte Carlo based banker, which was a huge scandal. And, you know, never, I remember nobody was ever really satisfied with how that murder was solved it was way too sketchy there was way too much russian and i don't know how much you follow of all this stuff but like bill browder um wrote red notice amazing book he's the one who did who basically got the magnitsky act in acted in america to law i don't know how much of this you all follow but um so his partner in russia his initial his founding partner was Edmund Safra. And so I find all this out later now, after I already wrote Pinot Noir, that, um, you know, this stuff is all interrelated with Russia. And it's fascinating. And my new novel that I'm actually on the rewrite of, so I hope to release in October, um, it just all ties it all together. It's just so crazy, the world of finance, as you can see, if you follow the you know, all of this that's going on in the news, it, it's just all so interrelated and so fascinating to me. So it's been pretty interesting that when I first released Foliage, I was nervous because it was, everybody had forgotten that story. It, it involves real people, everybody from, you know, Joe Biden to John Kerry to the CIA, everything. And then I was nervous about releasing it. And then literally the Panama papers came out that two months after I released it, like in January, 2015 or whatever that was. And, um, and so then it was like mainstream information and then Pinot Noir I released. And then right after that, and that has, um, you know, a sex trafficking ring. And then the, uh, you know, Jeffrey Epstein stuff came out literally like right after that. And so it's all been really interesting timing for me to do these financial thrillers. Wow. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you're, you're, your books are like, yeah, you're like, uh, what is that? Nostradamus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it feels like it sometimes. I mean, I get nervous, but now I'm kind of emboldened. I think this, it, it all comes together in a really cool, and I always have a little bit of a mysticism, uh, because I do think it's all interconnected, like fascinating um, with ancient times and the fascination of corruption and money and all of that is is so interrelated. It's so human. Mm-hmm. So that's where, you know, it's what's, and what, and what's your process like? Do you like do a lot of uh, preparing beforehand? Do you outline or do you just start writing by the seat oh. of your pants? <laughs> you know, it, uh, yeah, I do the pant for this book three, I pantsed it. And the, um, that was because my books are really heavily researched and they both, both the first two took four years to finish. And this time I was like, that's it. I'm pantsing. And I had a goal from August, 2020. And I had almost just released the last book by then. I, I said, by December, I'm going to have 
90,000 words. And so I did it. I just was like thousand words a day, writing, writing, writing. And, you know, I, the research provides an outline kind of, and then the research actually takes you in directions. That is amazing. It's just, it's so incredible where, where you find yourself going. So this time I pantsed it. The other times I knew the basic outline of the story. And then I just kind of went from, uh, I did kind of have a framework, but uh, this time I, I, I really just wanted it all down on paper. And then but it's interesting because time frames tend to make their own framework as well or outline. So it always kind of works out that way. But um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> and the, the, uh, the, the whole pandemic craziness of the last year plus year, plus year, did it change your process at all? Or is that the. Oh, it actually helped somewhat because, you know, I have a day job. I'm still the director of finance of a film company and uh, we actually, we're a film distribution company and we actually buy the movies for airlines. So like when you see a movie on the airplane, oh, yeah. that's likely our company. Uh, we do the international airlines only. Um, so uh, we were, there's like three in the whole world. We were one of them. And we were, we had, you know, releasing, I want to say like 20 movies a year to the airlines at least, plus all of our back movies our back library and uh so imagine doing royalty statements for 20 movies oh at gosh. any given time or you know and uh so it was a lot of work and then we literally the airline industry was decimated by this and we are down to basically starting over again which you know was kind of good i'm still busy but nowhere near what I was. So that I think allowed me to do the pantsing in that sense, you know, just like really focus writing a thousand words a day, mm -hmm. plus, you know, my day job, plus all the other stuff I do, which is a lot. <laughs> and what do you do to write your books? Do you use like, what kind of software do you use? Do you use Word or something else? I use Word. Yeah. Do you, what do you use? I use, oh, I started with Word and then Google Docs, but now I've been using a oh. software called Scrivener. Okay. Yeah. Um, script i'm right i'm taking notes <laughs> <laughs> well it's just easier for for me because i i'm not that linear so the scrivener oh. is very easy just to drag folders around oh, <laughs> chapters cool. around so yes i i've never done that and and you know it's because i think the way my brain works it's just constantly reorganizing in my brain and i feel like using what they call you know note cards or whatever like you're saying that almost trips me up or something yeah. but like for example right now i'm also writing somehow i don't know how this happened but <laughs> i somehow became one of the um community writers for the palmer report and so like once a week i'm doing a 500 word news article for the palmer report and you know you're taking really complex stories and making them 500 words. So mm. I think my brain just became really good at that. It, it all kind of works together. I think, you know, as you must know, it's you, you become more fluent at, at writing or whatever mm. the, for the lack of a better word. And did but, you always want to be a writer, even like before you, you got, you actually started writing your books and screenplays. Did you always <laughs> want to be a writer? I, you know, it's such an interesting question because no, I never thought I would be a writer and I never also never thought I would be an accountant either. I never knew what I was going to be. I, I wasn't one of those people when I was, you know, little who knew I was going to do this. I, I ended up 
being, I just wanted to be practical. So I was going for an accounting degree and I ended up getting a degree in French. And then I ended up moving to Paris for seven years because of that. And then I ended up being in the film industry in Paris. And then I ended up going full circle back to finance in Silicon Valley. And then I ended up being recruited back to Hollywood because I had a pre-IPO finance background (laughs) and ended up back in film. So it's just so funny how things work out. But, um, and then I, the whole time, I guess, because I was, I had a French degree, somehow I knew I would go back or I would go into writing, but it was never a plan. And I've been reading this interesting author, David Kempf. He does kind of horror and which isn't really my genre, but um, he, ever since he brought out that writers are um, egomaniacs or some kind of thing like that, I never thought of it that way, but because I guess, you know, you have to be somehow self-centered or something to want to write. I don't know. I never thought of it that way. I, I feel that writers people who were writers from the beginning who who aspired to be writers they kind of have maybe a self-loathing or something <laughs> well yes it's torturous <laughs> yes, it is torturous and and it's masochistic and all of that absolutely but i feel like they feel like they're <clears throat> doing it as like a self-centered or and and you know when i was an actress that one of my other careers I hated being an actress because I felt like it was so self-absorbed. <laughs> and in the end, I've gone full circle and I feel like, you know, you're doing a really important service. You're giving yourself for people to see these stories really illustrated. And and it, in the end, I do appreciate so much actors. And, you know, obviously I appreciate writers. I think it's such, I think it's the most important thing there is keeping a record of the world, you know, writing and even acting. So, uh, <laughs> and we, you know, and we, I, and we a fan of that. Were you a fan of the genre as a reader of those of, of, of historical mysteries and thrillers? Yeah, I've, uh, I've always been attracted to historical fiction for sure. That's my favorite, but thrillers too. So, thrillers and like you know, I love Murder She Wrote. <laughs> oh yeah, I love that one. Really <laughs> watch and. <laughs> Um, and then, but I just, for some reason, I, because maybe the way my brain works, I love making connections that I, I, I like the historical fiction aspect of it. And so you say you have a, you're working on the third book. Is that the, is that the a Louise Moscow book? The, the it is. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, it is really, uh, it really brings everything together. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it, I, but, um, I'll keep you posted. I think it, it does look like it'll be out by October. So nice. you know how that works with the cover and the... Uh, the editing and all that good yeah. fun stuff. Exactly. Yeah, you, yeah, that, yeah, that's the thing. You finish the book, writing the book, and then, then you just turn around and start the whole process over. Yeah. <laughs> Marketing alone. All oh, that. yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> and just the title. I've been so tortured by the title. The, the other two, I... I think I knew right away almost, or, you know, the title for foliage kind of jumped out. My editor got it out of the book actually, because it was the code word, you know, and it made sense. And then Pinot Noir, I knew I was going to call it Pinot Noir because I loved film noir and I loved, you know, I wanted it to be about 
wine, <laughs> Burgundy, <laughs> France. So it, it just kind of made sense. Uh, this one, I'm really tortured about the title. And so, uh, so before I let you go, I always like to ask my guests because I have aspiring writers that listen to the podcast. Uh, any advice oh. for them? <laughs> ah, I, I hate to be a cliche, but it, it is just right. Yeah. And um, it, it, it is discipline. It's dedication. And um, if you really, really believe in it, then, then, then just do it. Um, and also have a story that, that kind of something that's been in your mind all your life or something, you know, have something really strong as a story, as a basis for it. Um, Cause that'll give you the fuel to keep going. Oh, yeah. I like that. That's yeah. That's so true. Cause it's, <laughs> everyone has an idea that you've been kicking around for years. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. yeah. And you let it go. Take it where you, you know, it, it's amazing where your brain will take you if you let it. It's, it's incredible. I am sure you've had that experience. That's, yeah. I hear that a lot by authors. Yeah. Like, how do I know what I'm going to write until I write it? I don't know. <laughs> it's so funny. And so where's the best place for the uh, uh, subscriber for people to find you is uh, your website. Oh, actually, yes. Just LorraineAvanoff.com to keep it simple. And that'll oh. take you all different, you know, links, Amazon. I think Amazon's the easiest at this point. Yeah. <laughs> for <know>. everything. <laughs> yeah, it, I know. Sad. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Lorraine. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank I had a lot you. of fun talking to you. Have a blessed Memorial Day and thank you so much for <laughs> getting this together. <laughs> yep, thank you. Thank you for listening to Meet the Thriller Author. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with one of your favorite writers of mysteries and thrillers. Or if this episode's guest is new to you, I hope you give their books a chance. Helping listeners discover new authors and books is one of the coolest outcomes of doing this podcast. As always, you can head over to thrillerauthors.com to sign up to my Thrilling Reads email list. That way you won't miss out on any great deals in thriller and mystery books. You can also check out all the links and resources in the show notes for this episode over at thrillerauthors.com. And also please do subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already and leave a rating and review wherever it is that you're listening to this show. If you have done that already, I thank you. I really do appreciate your support. For my other links to my author website, social media haunts, and more uh, check out thrillingreads.com forward slash links all my links will be uh, on that uh, page so that's it for this episode uh, see you next time and stay safe out there <laughs>